0: Hey, listen up, folks. Are you a clinician in behavioral health who treats substance abuse? If you're interested in helping communities that have been ravaged by the opioid epidemic and also looking to get up to $250,000 in student loan repayback, I need you to check out STAR LRP. Now that stands for the Substance Use Disorder Treatment and Recovery Loan Repayment Program. It's a long name, I know. But check out the show notes or visit b-h-w dot to learn more. Alright everyone, welcome back to a fresh new episode of Docs Outside the Box. We back! I really wish I had like some type of Roadmaster Pro or some type of device that could just hit applause or like... I need one of those... I actually, I might get one of those. But anyway, the point is, is that I'm back live and direct. It's not live, but you know what I'm talking about. This is a fresh episode. We are starting. Took about six weeks off, as you all remember, or if you're new. Yeah, it took some time off mainly to refocus on the show. I kind of felt like we hit a little bit of a plateau with the show. And there were some new directions that I wanted to take the show. And I just needed some time to kind of create some fresh new content, which I'm really excited to let you all know about. The big things about this show, obviously, is the themes of money, mission, as well as mindset. But then I started thinking about things a little bit more, particularly with medical students as well as residents, and really wanted to let them understand that, yes, Those three concepts are really important to understand, but also the concept of control is really important. And what I mean by that is you can't have your money or actually having your money in order, having your mindset in order, as well as having a sense of mission really helps you as a doc outside the box, just exert control over your career as well as, you know, your life. And it's really important because I think a lot of us as physicians, a lot of us who decided that we we want to become medical professionals, we make that decision very early in life, right? Literally our 17-year-old self, maybe even younger, 15, 10-year-old self decides that we are going to be a doctor. We become a doctor or a medical professional into our mid-20s, late 20s, or even our 30s. And what we realize is that What we really wanted out of our lives was a sense of control, the ability to take care of people on our own terms. Yes, we understand that we take care of people based off of studies, standard of care, which has been studied, and everybody follows these algorithms or follows these, I guess, these patterns of taking care of people. But ultimately, I want to take care of my patient the way how I want to take care of my patient. I don't want anybody else, i.e., a hospital i.e. a large corporation, i.e. an insurance company to tell me if I'm taking care of my patients in a certain way. And I think what we're starting to see is more of that is happening. And I'm not saying this to dissuade anybody from going into healthcare or medicine. Absolutely not. It is the bomb field. It is amazing. It is a great profession to jump into. I think the last true noble profession out there. I'm not just the only one who says that, but that's how I feel about it. Right. So if you are someone who's interested in medicine, don't take my words as a way to say, well, I'm not going to go into medicine, so I'm not going to do it. What I'm saying is, is that you have to have these thoughts in your mind so that you can always maintain control and you can always take control of not just your career, but also your life and your lifestyle. It's really important. Okay, so let's get back to what this episode is about. This episode is about letting you know what has happened over the past six weeks. So over the past six weeks, like I said, I re, I just refocused, I made things a little bit better. But also at the same time, I did a little bit of a social experiment that I didn't let anybody except my wife know about. And that experiment was, actually I took social media off of my main phone and I put it on my secondary phone. And I don't have a secondary phone because I just carry around two phones. I don't do any of that stuff. But I don't know if you remember three months ago, six months ago, even several months ago when Clubhouse just came out. Clubhouse was just on iPhone, iOS devices. That's it. So I went and I purchased a iPhone 10, a used iPhone 10 on Amazon for like 250 bucks. It was beat up. The screen was cracked, but I didn't care. I wanted to really try and use Clubhouse mainly because I looked at it initially as a competitor to Clubhouse, but obviously now... We know that it's really meant to augment either podcasting or whatever you do on the main. If you are a YouTuber, if you are a Twitch streamer, if you're on Twitter, it's just a way to engage your audience in a different fashion. But I don't think that it's going to be the thing that takes over one large media like podcast. I was wrong about that. But I think it's a really good platform. And I think also at the same time with all the competition with Twitter having its own version of Clubhouse and Eventually, all of the other major platforms doing something like this. Clubhouse probably is going to fall by the wayside, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, so I had this old phone, this old used iPhone 10, crack screen and everything. And I decided to move all of my social media off of my main phone onto my old phone for about 30 days. So we're talking about Instagram. We're talking about Facebook. We're talking about LinkedIn. We're talking about Twitter. Everything that pings on my phone to remind me that someone is either like something, someone who's either engaged with me, someone who's either mentioned me, or it just wants to alert me of something that someone else has done. I took it off my phone. Right. And the main culprits were those four things that I mentioned, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Okay. And the goal was to be able to check social media on my phone twice a day. Now to some of y'all, y'all be like, yeah, that's what I do anyway. But let's go into the why as to why I did this. So I'm talking about just myself. I'm not talking about anybody else. But for me, I found more and more throughout the day on my regular phone when I was before this experiment, I was checking social media all the time. It was encroaching into areas of my life that were really important to me, right? Whether it was time with my kids, if I'm walking my kids, If we're doing crafts in the playroom or whatever it may be, I am checking my phone constantly while they're talking to me. I mean, it was literally to the point where it was affecting my, I wouldn't say it was affecting my relationship with my kids, but it definitely was interfering to a point where there are times where I'm trying to multitask and talk to my kids and play with my kids and walk with my kids and also at the same time checking social media. You got to remember a part of what I do as a podcaster is I want to see how people respond to my episodes. I want to see what people respond to certain things that I put up on Instagram and so forth. So oftentimes I'm looking for those responses either way. It's not good. I didn't like it at all. Okay. And for me, it was very distracting. And I think the other thing that people will mention, and I think sometimes I get a little bit shy to mention, but it's the truth is, is that there is this validation of being aware of likes, of someone commenting on something that you put out there that's extremely intoxicating. I'm going to say that again. That validation was really intoxicating. Someone looking at your material, viewing it, right, getting that validation, then someone liking it and then commenting on it, to me, really intoxicating. I kind of let it overtake a lot of things and all of the good reasons for me participating in social media, which is really to promote the podcast, okay? The other reason I did it was for comparison. I was really finding myself comparing myself to others, which initially was positive, I think, and then turned really negative. So I'm going to say some quotes real quick. Some of you may have heard these quotes. I didn't create these quotes, okay? One of them is, Stay in your lane, comparison kills creativity and joy. Some of you all said that. I'm not going to say who named it. It's not mine. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. That's huge. I'm going to say that again. The reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel, which is huge. Comparison is the thief of joy. That's an old one. And comparison is an act of violence against the self. Right? So those are all quotes about comparison that I just looked up and started thinking about what's been happening to me. Right? So initially, when I jumped onto social media, I was looking at people who were doing something very similar to me, maybe similar background, maybe other podcasters, maybe other YouTubers within the healthcare field. And I was applauding everything that everyone was doing, right? Because I truly feel like the more of us that are out there, and when I say us healthcare professionals wherever stage that may be, as students, as residents, as full-fledged professionals out there, the more of us doing those things, talking about whatever may be on our mind, whatever we think other people may be interested in, the better, right? But then for me, it evolved into not just applauding for people who are doing things similar to me. I started finding out that I started comparing myself to them. If they started posting at certain times during the day, And they started getting success. And I was like, oh, man, I got to post during those times also. If I miss the time, then I will beat myself excessively mentally. But like, dog, like, how did you miss that time? This person put this out. You got to keep up, right? Whether it's a he or her, whatever it is, like, you got to keep up. And it became to a point where it was just overwhelming, right? And then one of the quotes that I read was, the reason we struggle with insecurity is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel, So throw on top of that, I'm beating up myself and not being able to keep up with the schedule of really successful people on YouTube or people who are successful on social media. But also, I'm comparing myself, what I'm doing, to someone who is more than likely putting out a very manicured, edited version of themselves or what they're doing. I'm comparing myself to someone else's highlight reel. Now, you can say I'm comparing my highlight reel with someone else's highlight reel, which is true, but ultimately it just came to a point where I couldn't do this anymore. And then the other reason why I decided to do this was, for me, it was creating self-doubt in my creativity process, right? It was creating self-doubt ultimately in the content that I was putting out. Normally, I would put out things that I just felt really strongly about, things that I knew would be beneficial to people, but then I was like, well, will it get enough likes? Will it get enough retweets? Will it get enough? Whatever the engagement is on social media, It created a lot of self-doubt in the content I was putting out. So once again, the whys are I found out more and more that social media was encroaching on my considerably sacred areas of life, spending time with kids, spending time with wife, just checking my phone all the time. I was comparing myself, which was a big issue. And it also created doubt in the content that I was putting out. Okay, listen up, folks. If you are a behavioral health professional or paraprofessional, I'm talking about physicians, PAs, CRNAs, pharmacists, and the list goes on. No doubt you are using your skills to help end substance abuse in your community. But what about other communities that have been ravaged by the opioid epidemic? Listen, if you're interested in helping these communities recover and also get $250,000 in student loan repayment, that's right, I said it, then you need to check out STAR LRP. Now, that stands for Substance Use Disorder Treatment and Recovery Loan Repayment Program. Listen, it's a long name. Don't worry about that. I want you to use the link in the show notes or visit BHW.HRSA.gov to learn more. That's BHW as in Behavioral Health Workforce.HRSA.gov. Now, remember, behavioral health clinicians power professionals, clinical support staff, and many others that are trained in substance use disorder treatments are encouraged to apply. Applications close on July 22nd. So hurry up. Don't wait. Go ahead and get that program. Let's go into how did it go? So remember, I took my old iPhone 10. I put the four main social media platforms, at least for me, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. I put it on my iPhone 10 and I started in the beginning of June. And actually I'm still doing it right now. We're in July right now. So it's a little past 30 days. And initially I found myself carrying both phones. So one pocket, I would have my main phone, which is an Android phone, right? All I had was the ability to text, send email and view the browser, which I don't use much anyway. And then on my Other phone in my other pocket, the iPhone 10, literally all I had was these social media platforms and I didn't have a cell connection to that phone. So it was only when I was in places that had Wi-Fi, right? So that was another barrier that I didn't think about, but actually really helped. And the point of this is I gave you the why, but I wanted to know, I'm doing this for research, obviously, And I also post on social media regularly, right? For the podcast. But I wanted to know how my content is doing if I didn't put anything out there also, right? I wanted to know how my past content would do, right? And I think initially when I had two phones, I would say to myself, well, I post to social media regularly. I need to see how my content is doing and I need to keep both phones on me. And listen, when I'm driving or wearing I'm in between Wi-Fi spots. I won't be able to check it anyway. So what's the big deal, right? And I also want to keep up with current affairs and current trends. At least that's what I said in my mind. I felt like social media was the best way to keep up with what's going on in the world, as well as what people's opinions are in the world. And I think ultimately what we end up finding out is that social media is really the best way to keep up with what people's opinions are. So eventually I transitioned from keeping the phone in my pocket to putting it in my bag. And even before that, actually, I just put it in my podcast studio. I put it in my back. And actually, if you're watching this video right now, you'll see that it's actually right behind me on a table and it's charging, but I rarely use it. Okay. And it went to my podcast studio first. And then when I would go to work and locums, I put it in my bag. And if I'm in a hospital and I had wifi, possibly I may use it. So I went from using it every day, multiple times a day, to when it went into my podcast studio and eventually into my bag I started checking it twice a day so huge decrease in the amount of times that I was checking it it went from multiple times a day down to two times a day and every time I looked at it on average I would spend maybe about 20 minutes each session that's it so for me that was a major win that was a major improvement I'm talking about we went from being with kids and walking with them and checking everything on social media To having deep conversations with my wife and looking at it and right before I go to bed, looking at social media and communicating on it to now I'm checking it twice a day and only 20 minutes each. For me, that was a major improvement. When I went to bed, I don't, my phone is not even near me. My main phone is on do not disturb mode after a certain time. And I just started noticing also that two times a day was even too much, especially when I went back to work. When I went back to work, I was looking at my phone less and less because I just didn't have time to pull out a second phone. Whatever happened on my main phone, whether people are contacting me in the hospital or colleagues are contacting me, the OR is calling me on my main phone. I just didn't have time. In between cases, I didn't have time to go to the phone. So what was once twice a day literally started becoming twice a week, right? So like I said, we went from multiple times in a day to two times a day to now twice a week, maybe. So this is really interesting for me. So the things that I learned, right? This is getting kind of long. This episode is getting long. I don't want it to be that long. The things that I learned through this experiment, and I hope that you all pick up from this, is I fell into the trap of eventually molding my behavior after the algorithm of these social media platforms. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. The algorithm is powerful. There's a reason why these algorithms are protected under lock and key. Only certain... People know about these algorithms. It is literally like, you know, how the Coca Cola ingredients are secret. It's the same with these algorithms. The way in which these algorithms keep you on their platforms is no joke. The goal is to keep you on their platform for as long as possible. That's it. Full stop. It wants you to feel like it's a part of your daily life, which is true, right? It was a part of my daily life, it was a part of how I interacted with people. And ultimately, I was living and dying with every post every like, every comment. And to some extent, it probably was affecting a portion of my mental health, right? If I put out a post and it didn't do very well, if not many people liked it, if not many people retweeted it, if not many people viewed it, what does that say about me? When ultimately, the goal of social media actually is to put out as much content as possible and not put too much weight on each post. So if one post doesn't do well, who cares? Just put out another one. That's the point. But if you live and die with each post or each comment and you don't get the likes or you don't get the response or the validation that you want. It's a problem. So I'm not that guy though. I'm not the old guy who's like, get off my lawn. (laughs) I'm not that guy who's going to say that social media is all bad. Absolutely not. There are major positives to social media. As a matter of fact, I did one of my talks recently with a major pharmaceutical company for their Juneteenth celebration. And I talked about the gatekeepers being gone. And the gatekeepers are gone mainly because of improvements in technology, improvements in the internet, improvements in the ubiquity of those two things, right? You get the technology gets cheaper, the internet becomes more ubiquitous, and as a result, everybody has access to it. Like, I think about how the internet was, and I had a computer since I was in the 80s. I had a Commodore 64, and then I had a 286 computer, and I remember jumping on with my 14.4 modem getting on Geocities and then eventually jumping on AOL and then things like that. And then it just went from there. But I just remember how the internet was in the late 80s, mid 90s, late 90s and how it is now. And it really does feel like a second version of the internet now or a third version of the internet now. I know Gary Vee oftentimes says Web 2.0 or I don't know if he says it. He was the first person to say it, but a lot of people say it, that the internet has changed so much that it has become... Everybody has access to it, or at least we think a majority of people have access to it. We still have a lot of work to do. People in rural neighborhoods, people in certain areas of the United States, the internet is a problem, but everyone has a voice. It gives everyone a voice. There are old barriers that we're able to kind of jump over, right? And as a result, whether it's the entertainment industry, whether it's maybe even journalism, I think medicine is the last bastion out there where we have some huge barriers that I don't know if social media really has helped decrease it. But everyone has a voice now and some of the old barriers have decreased. And the other thing, too, is we don't live in silos anymore. Imagine being bullied in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s for being a nerd or for being whatever it may be. It's very easy to find community now on the Internet. It's very easy to create a global community off of whatever it may be. Heck, we got a global community right now. There are people in India and Pakistan, shout out to them, people in Russia, people in Ghana, people in the Philippines, wherever, in multiple countries who listen to this podcast. So we are creating something that a lot of people are interested in. Literally, I get emails from people that I would have no business communicating with if it wasn't for the podcast and it wasn't for how easy it was for people to download this on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever podcast directory people use. And also the ability for horrible things to happen anywhere in the world and for people not to know about it, that's less likely now, right? Because a lot of people have cell phones, a lot of people have Twitter. People can video and get it out and stream it out to people. I'm not saying that bad things don't happen in the world. A lot of bad things happen in the world, but the likelihood of it happening and no one know about it is decreased. And that's huge. The other thing too, which is very important is it's an outlet for creativity. If you're a creative person and you want to get that out there, social media has really created a platform for you to express yourself and to develop a community around that and to develop people who will give you adulation and validation and the support to keep going. The other thing too, is I missed the group chat that I was on. I group chat with a couple other people who are doing some really great things and I missed that. So that was one downside. But I think I'm going to move that to my main phone because I don't really consider the group chat social media, but it was one of the major things that was kind of just dinging all the time. And I decided to figure out a way to control the notifications. So I think I might move that back to my main phone. Right. But one of the things that I do understand a little bit better now is it's really tough to balance when you create something for consumption, i.e., a podcast or whatever it may be on social media, and the validation is downloads comments, reviews, the things that you use to make your content better, but it also relies on social media and it can lead you down this cycle where you're just creating content based off of what people say, not what you think you should be creating. It's a tough balance, right? I don't know if you follow what I'm saying, but it's a tough balance. So I've learned to do all of this stuff in small pieces. I've learned that social media cannot Consume everything that I do or should not consume everything I do. Putting out content, yes, is important to be promoted on social media, but for me, I'm deciding to keep social media on my second phone for now, like plus 30 days in. I'll continue to keep you guys updated on how it looks, but that's what I'm gonna do. So for you all, I recommend that you guys check out The Social Dilemma on Netflix, this movie or documentary. It interviewed some major players who were in a lot of these social media platforms, like high major players who left these platforms over the years. And they created this documentary that talks about the power of the algorithm. And there's these dramatizations that they created of a family that their life is completely being upended by social media, which is true. It's a really, really crazy look at social media, but it's true. And I think you guys need to check it out. So they didn't advertise on this. If Netflix wants to advertise, let me know, please. <laughs> but they didn't advertise for this, but it is something that I think you all should check out. Okay. And that's that. I want to know what you all think about this. All right. Let me know what you think about this. Let me know if you're interested in doing something like this, switching your social media from your main phone to your old phone. Like it doesn't have to be an iPhone 10. It could be an older Android phone. The average person actually holds onto their phone three to four five years So if you have an older phone that can manage these platforms, just put it on that, okay? Just get some type of cheap phone, put it on there, and let me know what you think, okay? I'm really interested in your thoughts. Hit me up on IG. I'm going to check it on my secondary phone, okay? At drnidarko.com. That's D-R-N-I-I-D-A-R-K-O. And let me know what you think, all right? So once again, guys, we are back. Super excited about where we're going with Docs Outside the Box. We're going to be focusing on mindset. We're going to be focusing on mission. We're going to be focusing on money all to give you the control you need to be a doc outside the box. I check y'all on the next one. Peace.